Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show. On this episode of the podcast, we will be discussing everything Crown Royal. We'll go through the history of the distillery, current news, and of course, our personal favorite aspect of the show, the tasting. With me, as always, is my intrepid and brilliant co-host, Andy Kleschik. Andy, how you doing today? You know, I'm doing fantastic, man. I mean, it's... We got some big stuff happening uh, this weekend. We're uh, finally getting back into uh, Game of Thrones watching with House of the Dragon. Oh, yeah. Getting closer to football season. Had a couple fantasy drafts with that, you know. Yep. A lot of stuff going on. I'm, uh, you know, for, first and foremost, I'm excited about House of the Dragon that you mentioned. Yeah. Um, just real quick, tell us the people, so, I mean, obviously you've read the book, but just without spoiling too much, tell some people what they can expect. What do you think it's going to be like, this new season, I, this new show? I mean, honestly, I imagine game like a lot of the fighting in Game of Thrones, except it's all among one family. Right. <laughs> like, instead of going... Targaryen versus Stark or Stark versus Landers or anything like that. It's Targaryen, Targaryen versus Targaryen. Like, it's all... It's going to be balls-out electric as far as I'm concerned reading the books. Like, right. it's going to be... It, like, I'm excited for the show. I'm ready to see what they do with it This the rest of this first season. I'm ready to see what they happen, what they uh, go through the rest of the series if they do more seasons of it. Like, I am excited. Right, based on the research I've, uh, I, what I've read, it sounds like I mean this is pretty much the civil war that essentially yeah. destroys the Targaryen dynasty. Yeah, this this is gonna be exactly. There's gonna it's be lots gonna... of dead Targaryens. I heard there's gonna be lots of dead dragons, lots of dragons getting killed, and there's just lots of dragons in it, general. It, it, it's gonna be like this is gonna be the civil war of the Targaryens that eventually leads to the downfall of Tar- Targaryens post civil war that then leads to into Game of Thrones as a book series and a TV series as we know it. Yeah, so I can't be I couldn't be more excited. Um, I'm I mean uh, even Sarah I think is going to end up watching it with me and she's not like a crazy big fan so um, that, that just shows yeah, me. I, I know you're trying to convert her into it. I think it's going to be a really legit, uh, and um, that's obviously very exciting. Uh, what else is also really exciting is the episode that we're doing today. This is a big one for for me. Very I, big for you. I'm a huge Crown Royal fan. It's like my daily, you know, my daily drinker. Uh, I think this is the one you probably cut your teeth on, oh, whiskey yeah. wise, right? Absolutely, it was. So like Crown Royal was really the first whiskey I. I started drinking um, regularly, and I'm a big fan. It has kind of like a, a lighter, smoother whiskey, so I'm very excited for this podcast. So let's jump right in. You had to right go full in. socialist and drinking Canadian whiskey. I know. <laughs> tell me about it. Ron Swanson would be disappointed, but uh, I am a fan. I, I can't lie. So, Andy, uh, why don't you tell the folks everything they need to know about Crown Royal? Of course. So this, as a brand, they're just under 100 years old. They're about... 85-ish years old, something like that. Uh, they were founded in 1939 um, as a more or less a commemorative whiskey to um, Queen Elizabeth, I believe, the second, uh, and then King George the sixth, um, visiting Canada and North America for the first time during their reign, uh, and I believe the first time in a long, a long while. Um, for British royals to actually visit North North America and their North American um, empire, for lack of better phrasing. Uh, and it was something that it was, you know, 
as a brand, even though in 1939 they weren't really named, as far as I know, and based on the website, uh, based on Crown Royal's website, um, they were they weren't really named Crown Royal at the time in 1939. But it was something kind of as a project it, that like that name was later established to commemorate this. But it was something that um, you know was established initially even without the name, to commemorate that and to commemorate their um, Queen Elizabeth and King George VI, um, their first trip to Canada and North America, um, at least being the first reigning monarchs uh, in recent modern memory. I don't know if ever, but at least recent modern memory uh, to do so. Um, And it was something, you know, that the brand's founder... Right around there in 1938, 1939, uh, sought to create a whiskey suited for the royal couple and like just royal tea, basically, at least British royalty, um, you know, fit for them as a couple and then fit to be drunk by royalty, yeah. uh, you know, and it was something that he tried over 600 you know, unique blends of what the whiskey, at least the initial blend, could and should be uh, until he found that right blend that perfectly exemplified what he thought should be drunk by Royals. Hmm. Um, here, here. Yeah. And once he, you know, once he discovered that, um, it was presented to them uh, in, you know, I don't know the exact details of how it's presented, but I do know it was at least presented in a very, very similar to what they have, like their branding and style and everything now that you can buy on the shelf. It was presented in a um, an ornate decanter, um, probably like crystal and everything like that, but uh, which would be far more expensive than what you can buy it for now. But uh, similar, at least in shape and style. Probably in just more expensive glassware and everything sure. um, for the royalty to uh, in an ornate decanter uh, contained within. Obviously, if you've seen at least a 750 or 700 milliliter bottle of it, um, you know, that iconic purple bag with gold stitching, um, like that iconic purple and gold label yep. and a bag and everything like that. Like it was presented to them in that um, iconic livery for them. And it was something that I think they actually, on their tour across at least Canada and maybe some of the rest of North America, like the United States, etc. Uh, he presented that, like, I want to say 60 cases of it, something like that, like 600 bottles or something like that. Yeah. Of it uh, for them. To drink along their train ride and everything, um, you know, along the way to try and drink and present to their royal guests everything. Um, because he what really wanted to kind of just deck it out as a royal present to them. Um, obviously, being the king and queen of, you know, Britain and the British Empire uh, at the time pre-World War II. Um, and, of course, that's kind of where... The brand's name, you know, comes from because it's like you wanted not just presentation and liquor that's um, at least a whiskey that's, you know, fit for kings and queens. But you want a name 
that's not only fit for kings and queens, but a fit to remind the common folk, if you will, of the who this was designed for and who really was the original intent of it. Sure. Um, and that's where Crown Royal, the name, more or less comes from. Is you know you wanted to sit, he wanted to sit there and remind folks are like, listen, this was originally intended to be for royalty, and this is what royal like royalty basically desired to drink, more or less. Um, so you're basically <clears throat> saying we're we're drinking like kings and queens right now. More or less, like what they would drink if I they feel were like to, a king. When I drink Crown Royal, if, if they were to drink a Canadian whiskey, that's what he intended for them to drink. Like it, and I think this Love more it. or less this Canadian blended whiskey, the same like blending of it, is more or less derived from that initial blending, as I understand it in the research, based on what they say and what like whatever else I could find in the research of it, the blending as it seems now that you can buy in 2022 is more or less as close to the original as you could get in 1939. Heck yeah. Um, and, you know, it's something that, you know, he kind of derived it. Like I said, he derived the brand's name, their livery, if you will, like the bag, the stitching on the bag, the labels on the... Um, bottles, everything else, like everything about it designed to resemble royalty basically because of course like purple and yellow or purple and gold is historically something that would resemble royalty. Um at least in Europe, royalty. Um and it was something that, you know, he ultimately out of like those 600 different blends or something that he found, he found like 50 different whiskies that in com- combination in the right way, were, quote-unquote, fit for a king. At least as he publicly spread it, was, quote-unquote, fit for a king, fit for a queen, fit for monarchy. And that's more or less that derivation you can find today, is it supposedly fit for royalty, fit for a monarchy to drink. True. Um, and, of course, that's what they've tried to achieve since then in about the you know 80 to 100 years. Um, and it was something that, you know, historically, originally they at least introduced it to the Canadian market, of course, being a Canadian whiskey, um, in 1939, but it was about 20 years later that they introduced it to the U.S. market in the 1960s, uh, and of course, at least as far as U.S. sales go, um, since 19, early 1960s has become the best-selling Canadian whiskey of all time. Wow. Um, so, you know, it's something that, like... For good clearly, reason. I think yeah, it's very good. Yeah, clearly they're doing something right if it's become that. Um, it's very good. Like, I've tried even just a regular one among variations. They're doing something right to earn that moniker. Uh, and it's something that, you know, all throughout the process what they do is, you know, they've been running... Um, established and running since 1939 all the way up on Lake Winnipeg in uh, Gimli, Manitoba Province, Canada. Um, you it's know, kind of like just a little north of like Minnesota. Yeah, like, way. yeah, kind of like, like that province is kind of borders both Minnesota and North Dakota. Yeah. About half. Uh, 
So it's probably, I'd be willing to bet, probably half an hour to an hour north of the U.S.-Canadian border there in Manitoba. Uh, And, you know, they've been distilling there for about, you know, like I said, since about, about probably at least the 40s, maybe early 50s. Uh, and they've, you know, established themselves to be able to hold, as a brand, 51 uh, warehouses over, I want to say, three or four dozen acres of land, uh, holding over, in those where those 51 warehouses, about a million and a half barrels of aging Canadian whiskey. Or actually, no, 360 acres. I take that back. 360 acres. 51 warehouses hold over a million and a half barrels there in Gimli, um, Manitoba, Canada. That's a ton. Yeah, that is a lot of whiskey to hold and be aging at any given time. Yeah, looks like uh, it's about two hours over the border, about eight hours from Minneapolis. Okay. So for any of us Americans that care to, you know, be in that area and drive north across the border and have your passport to do so... You know, feel free to visit them. Yeah. But, um, you know, something that within those million and a half barrels and 51 warehouses, uh, you know, they have aging whiskey that they're going to end up blending um, from grains and water that are mostly Canadian harvested grains and water. Um, And, you know, as far as Crown Royal is concerned... The finest grains and the finest water that they can find, um, of which like at least eighty percent of the grain, according to Crown Royal, eighty percent of that grain is actually coming from Manitoba Province itself. Wow! Um, so they're really like they're really harping on that Canadian whiskey branding and everything right there, like throughout the process. Yeah, I've seen some lists that have. Crown Royal is the number two selling whiskey in America, and this list actually has it as the number one selling list of whiskey in America. Yeah, I, I like I wouldn't put it past it as a brand to be probably in that at least the top five. Four hundred sixty. Dep- well, every list I've seen, it's one or two. Yeah, it but, says this one says sold in in twenty twenty one. It sold four hundred sixty million dollars worth of Crown Royal in America. Jeez, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. So they're like they're doing well for themselves. Like they've clearly established. Like I said earlier, and like John just said about the brand, in dollar figures, they are clearly establishing themselves as a a brand to be reckoned with in Canada, in North America, and globally. Yeah, they're moving units. Brand. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's like Jack Daniels. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, and it was something that, you know, all that grain and all that water ends up going into five different mash bills, um, which I don't... I couldn't find, based upon the research I did from Crown Royal itself or any other sources, like I couldn't find what those mash bills actually are, hmm. like in terms of like grain percentages or anything. But at least five different mash bills that Crown Royal uses coming from or off of uh, twelve different like distillation columns, like to create um, the distillate. You know, then they run that distillate. Uh, into the casks that are anywhere between maybe new oak to second fill oak to third fill oak, etc. Like reused oak barrels that maybe they re-char um, to kind of create a new char and everything to create new flavors in the um, 
in their whiskey that they, um, you know, obviously either first fill through at least second or third fill in the barrel um, with, a, like, either a reused charring or um, recharring the barrels to create the flavors that they have. And then that they pu- end up pulling off each different barrel into the blends that they use for each of their different products um, at different age ranges. Uh, again, I don't know the exact age ranges that they use. I couldn't find those in research from them or any other source. Yeah. Exactly like how old the whiskey is. Um, but it's something that, you know, they pull it off. Like, let, let's just say it's like four to 12 years they pull it off in that age range um, based upon the master blenders meticulous um, their master blenders meticulous specifications and taste profiles to create each different specific product they have uh, and of course this goes into you know their regular um, a variety of their different stuff that they have you know their standard crown royal Del- deluxe uh, which we'll be trying today alongside the crown royal rye um, which is the second one we'll yeah. try today. Uh, their Northern Harvest Northern Rye. Harvest. Yeah, the Northern Harvest. People really go on about it. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, they have their Crown Royal Black, um, a Blender's Mash, and then a Master Series, which is like an 18-year-old um, Canadian whiskey. I'd love to get my hands on that. Yeah. I don't even know if the Party Source has it. I, I, have, I don't know who would have it. I'd have to do research there. Yeah. Um, then the XO and the Reserve, which I know I could find at like one other local store, uh, Red Bank Wine and Spirits here in Cincinnati. Um, then Winter Wheat and Cornerstone, which again, I don't know where, exactly where the heck you could find those. Uh, and then of course they have a flavored series, which they've introduced in the last probably one or two decades, uh, where they have, as of right now at least, I know they've had a few other ones they've had like... The Crown Royal Maple, uh, just to name one. But currently that is regularly available in that flavor series. They have the Crown Royal Apple, Crown Royal Peach, which I have raved to John about like so many different times <laughs> to sit here and buy because it tastes like liquid peach rings, the candy. And then uh, Crown Royal Vanilla and Crown Royal, again, I don't know where you can find this flavor because I've never seen it in the Cincinnati market. But uh, Crown Royal Salted Caramel. Mm. And then I think in the last five-ish years, I want to say, they've re- started to release their, uh, like, their ready-to-release, or ready-to-drinks, their uh, basically canned cocktails. Um, so the Crown Royal uh, Peach Tea, Washington Apple, Whiskey and Cola, and then Whiskey Lemonade. Yep. I'm, so I've actually tried the, so I've had the, obviously I'm a big crown royal person i've had the crown royal deluxe i've had the um the crown royal northern the crown royal northern harvest rye before i've had the crown black um i've had the xo but i've never had 18 year or winter wheat which i really want to get my hands on yeah i have never seen either one of those the only other one i can regularly see outside of the flavored ones here in cincinnati market at least which most of these you can find at least here in cincinnati you can find for like that 20 to 50 buck ish sure. range is the uh crown royal reserve and then so i've had the uh i've also had the crown apple which i typically call crapple i don't <laughs> think it's very good 
Uh, I've not had the vanilla or the peach, but I definitely want to try them. And I have had their whiskey cola. It's basically like a generic whiskey cola. Like I yeah. would honestly just recommend getting your own Crown Royal and mixing it with Coke um, if you really want like a, a whiskey Coke. Because um, the whiskey cola, it's really not that great. If you're someone who's really not big into mixed drinks or whiskey, you probably would be fine with it. But I'm not. I, if you're I'm particular about it. about it. Yeah. yeah. All right, folks. Uh, I think it's time for the review. Uh, we're going to do the Crown Royal Deluxe, and we're going to do the Crown Royal Northern Harvest. We're going to start with the Deluxe. Uh, as always, we start with the nose. That's a very familiar, very familiar nose for me. Very sm- like even for me, it's very familiar nose. It's a very smooth nose. Like from what I know of Canadian whiskeys, especially them being blended, like it's nothing that's super spiky about it. Like. It's very much something like you could, across the range, drink neat, drink on ice, or put into a cocktail, and it would be great no matter what, based on that nose. Like, nothing super spiky about it. I'm getting some caramel notes to it. Um, Are there any specific notes that you're picking up? Beyond, like, almost what I consider maybe some, like, muted bourbon or American whiskey notes kind of what you said with their the um, the caramel like nothing super strong there maybe some ethanol there coming off of the nose for me pretty light overall yeah 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 pretty light overall but it's like it's not it, it's very strong but it's not like a very light like we were talking last week with redemption not like a light mgp like it right. it holds up yep while still being light in smell and I'm excited for to the taste as well because I always think I've always felt Crown Royal is a very smooth whiskey. Now some people don't like that style of whiskey, but I typically do like a smooth whiskey. Yeah, um, it's 80 proofer, but I mean it really drinks like it. I think it is really a uh, a smooth whiskey, not the most it, complex because of that, but I do really like that yeah. aspect of it. So let's give it a taste. Cheers. Sir. Cheers. Palette is very similar to the nose for me. Yeah. So picking up the caramel, picking up like light, light citrus, and but it, not like a bourbon citrus where no, you sit there no. and see like, like the stereotypical. Like, oh, you're gonna get a punch of orange or right. punch of something no, like no, that. No, like, not like that. Very light. Um, and it's pretty sweet too. I, I yeah. would say very like I have I get like a kind of vanilla vanilla sweetness uh, on on the finish there. Yeah, and I get like I get that vanilla sweetness. I, for me personally, I don't get as much of the citrus. I get more of like an apple or like white, like a apple or pear fruit yeah. note to it as opposed to a citrus note personally yeah, on I, the nose and palate to me. Yeah, I get, I get where you're coming from with that. I, I do. Yeah. I mean, that might be actually more kind of what I'm picking up there. Um, like a citrusy, um, pearish type, yeah. type fruit note. All right, folks, we're going to finish up our glasses and then pour ourselves a glass of the Northern Harvest Rye. All right, folks, we are back, and we have poured ourselves glasses of the Crown Royal Northern Harvest Rye, and uh, we're going to do a quick review on that. Uh, As always, we're going to start with the nose. Ooh, I get, like, a lot of a, um, like, a little bit more ethanol flavor in it, but a little bit more of, like, what a traditional rye would be. Mm. At least what a, a uh, 
United States, like North American rye would be. Yeah. Just a little bit more muted down. Um, I agree completely. I'm getting a little like dark fruit. Yeah, like a little bit yeah. more dark fruit. So I'll read a little bit of what they say with this. Crown says on their label with the Northern Harvest Rye. So it's a 90% rye whiskey, at least Canadian rye whiskey. Um, and it's Crown Royal Northern Harvest Rye. is a unique blend, whiskey blend crafted for 90% rye mash whiskey. Um, planted in the fall, sprouting until it's covered by like, soft winter snow. Um, and then it's like harvested like growth maturing over the spring and summer harvested in the summer fall so basically they are um you know they're they're growing it to maturity it's like a 90 percent uh rye whiskey like it tastes or at least smells very very similar to what if you're some if you're familiar with what a uh rye american whiskey would taste like and smell like to me very much similar. Just a little bit more muted down. Yeah. To let's, me. Let's give it a taste. Cheers. Hmm. Very unique. Oh, yeah. I'm getting lots of different fruit, like fruit flavors. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, comparative to what, at least to like a... U.S. United States rye whiskey would taste like. I'm still getting some of those like very spicy rye notes off of it, mm-hmm. but I'm sure. getting a lot more muted on that front. Yeah, in favor of what kind of a Canadian whiskey would taste like. It's a little bit more blended, a little bit more muted, a little bit more of those fruit forward notes yeah. would be on a rye 100%. whiskey. 100%. I'm still getting a lot of that dark fruit that like I got in the nose. Maybe even like more noticeable like some cherry. Honestly, I'm getting like a little bit of I think it's watermelon. Like I'm getting all like... It, I, yeah, I, it's, it's like if you do know. like watermelon with like another like stronger fruit flavor like an apple or a peach yeah, yeah. or something like that in it. Like it definitely tastes a lot more like watery in a watermelon but like fruit forward in something else. Right, very fruit forward. I agree. I, I like it. Yeah, I me too. I definitely recommend. And it's been because it's been a long time since I've had this. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. All right, folks, that's it from us this week. Make sure you go over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Please subscribe, leave a review, sh- listen to, share every episode of Distilled Discussions. Tell your friends about us. Follow us on social media. We really do appreciate your guys' support. Have a great week. Pour yourself another whiskey, and don't worry, America. We'll be here to drink with you next week. <laughs>